0: A kind way to describe Game Week 5 would be eventful, but for many FPL managers, it was a devastating weekend that spat in the face of logic and strategy. Many will say it was their worst game week in years. Welcome to the FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. I am Mark Jobling and with me, as always, is Lewis from FPL Reactions. How are you and how did your team do in Game Week 5?
1: Hi Mark, yep. Yeah, Really good, to be honest. It's been a busy week in terms of everything, Chomies League work and stuff. But yeah, overall, I mean, in terms of FPL, it wasn't a great week for many, was it? I think the average was 44 points. I personally only got 38 points. Um, I think my biggest return bar Harland was Botman, who I didn't even want to start that week. Mm-hmm. So that kind of says it all about the week in general. Um, Saka returned... And Harlem returned, but other than that, yeah, just just the uh just the free returns in my whole team this week.
0: And yes, um I don't want to sort of outdo you, but 38 is a lot better than my 31 that I got. That was uh it was a game week rank of nine point three million from nine point nine million. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a lot of the uh, a lot of the most experienced man- managers seem to have had bad weeks this week, haven't they? And to be honest, Mark, you take away my uh, Botman Jam off the bench, and I've got twenty nine points. Um, so mm. yeah, bit of luck, bit of luck Dude. with that one.
0: Well, it was just ha- uh, just Harland and Saka here, and, and they're the two most picked players, pretty much. So, uh, right. so the two players that did deliver had virtually no gain. So I went from. Uh, a rank of 178,000 to 759,000. So on a personal level, it, it went from being one of my best ever game week four ranks to to the worst ever game week five one. So it's it's a complete 180 on sort of mindset, sort of went into the international break quite satisfied and thinking, yeah, yeah. decent start, strong start. The team's good it's this and it's that and, th- and now all of a sudden it's 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 important not to panic and overreact but when you see the number and you see the drop it's like pfft.
1: yeah 100 percent. i think i forgot to mention my rank my rank was uh 502k so still there or thereabouts I, th- I think i've seen a lot of the a lot of the most experienced managers in the game um be outside the 1 million you know like 1.5 1.6 so i think if you're still inside the 1 million then you're but you're probably still having a good start to the season in a sense. Um, and even outside it, you know, even outside the 1 million, those same managers will probably, will probably really ha- happy with the ranks at the end of the season. So there's not. I wouldn't worry too, just yet, especially for
0: those listening. It's still a volatile stage. I know on, on live FPL, where it sort of tells you, one of the many handy tools on, on live FPL is that it sort of tells you how many points you are away from certain um milestones really and yeah 759k it's it's only i think four points of 500k and and stuff like that so within the next couple of game weeks it it could just easily that rank could halve again and it's it's suddenly not so bad and it would have been even worse if the, the thing is a lot of the decisions that were made were correct like not buying sun when uh, when Sun was the most talked about, oh, he's he's gonna he's gonna do it against Sheffield United. Mm. Uh, didn't do that, and that was correct. Captain in Harland was correct. Uh, starting Diaz over opinion I guess that in the end was pointless because it would have been an auto sub anyway. But mm. yeah, like the decisions were were good. The logic was followed. It was only really not having Salah, Alvarez. I guess the Arsenal clean sheet. Like Saliva. Um it was that Yeah, a
1: lot a lot of the a lot of the template players did blank, didn't they? So the, the Chelsea lads again, another another poor week. Um both the Manchester United midfielders, both you know, both highly owned. Bruno and Rashford both had poor weeks. Brian and Bumo, poor week. Uh, Madison and Son, another poor week. So again, a lot of the A lot of the players who we thought could do potentially quite well this week didn't. So I think, you know, it's just one of those weeks you can kind of just write off
0: and move on. Totally. Rashford himself, Rashford missed nine chances. That's that's Mm like, you look at that and think that is so, you know, it's not your week when, when something like that happens. And and Brighton hadn't kept a clean sheet all season and they still didn't. It just, it just didn't involve Rashford or Fernandez either. Uh, The the best, the most points of the game week as well was, Bernardo Silva, thirteen points. Trossard, eleven. Robertson eleven. Nobody has these players, so that sort of yeah. sums it all up. Eight eight players on ten points, which which includes Salah. Uh, I guess that's the one that's. Um, I think the people are using their wild card this week, sort of like a rage wild card. Um, a lot of it would be to get Salah in, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that means so any sacrifices elsewhere. And one of the things sort of leading from that is a lot of the issues this week, going into this weekend, again, revolve around Chelsea players. So, for example, last week's most sold player, Nicholas Jackson, is set to repeat this accolade. And Chilwell's, Ben Chilwell's pretty high on the list as well because he was benched at Bournemouth. Um, I think the puns on Twitter were saying bench, bench Illwell. Stuff like that. Um, that was quite a good one, actually. Yeah, it was pretty good. And so a lot of them are amongst the most sought players. And whilst Malagusto is succeeding, Sterling is, has two blanks since his game week three haul. So I know in our duo goal article which on FFC, which picks out the biggest underachievers over the last four matches, Jackson is best of, or worst, I guess. Um, he's underachieving his XG by 2.76 and he's mm-hmm. only scored one in that time. So, and he's been booked in four four bookings for descent as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think he's just one of those
1: players, isn't he? Who, who is who always going to get a lot of chances, but isn't maybe a great finisher. I mean, we saw him pre, I, I saw him pre-season that he 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 does have a great finish, but maybe it's kind of like the the challenge of the Premier League, you know, the pressure, and obviously, the more he misses, the more pressure he's under, and the, the, his confidence is just going to drop even more and more. So he, he could be on a kind of on a path on, a, on a, di- a downward spiral. And and the fact that he's picked up four yellow cards isn't
0: great either, because he's obviously one off a ban. Hmm. Yeah. So already, and not just four bookings, but four for descent. It's just, there's such silly, silly things to do. I mean, do not learn the lesson after the first couple. To maybe not shout back at the referees and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean,
1: we should probably talk about
0: if we should keep them or not. I suppose. Yes, that was gonna. I was to say are you keeping in How long till Pochettino tries somebody else up front? Perhaps. Do you think that that's that's happening? Maybe. I'm
1: not too sure to be honest. I, you know, it's, it's it's hard to say what Poch is going to do at this point. I mean. Obviously, he needs to work on his confidence, his work on his finishing and and stuff. I I I think with Jackson, he he's he he can be seen as a bit of a tough sell because of the amount of big chances he's getting. Like I think he's up there with Haaland for big chances. Yes, he's missing them, but he's you just get the feeling, don't you, that he's just going to score eventually. Now. I keep saying this and he keeps missing every time. <laughs> um so I, I just think with Jackson, unless you've got a, a kind of standout option to switch Jackson to, um, then I, I don't I don't entirely see the point. Um I think you you've also got to look at you've also got to take into account the Chelsea fixtures. Mm. I mean Villa next could could probably be a tough game. But then after that, they they play on. They play Fulham. Fulham conceding the, the the most big chances in the league so far. They also face Burnley, who have shipped like three goals in three of their first four matches or something. So, they, they they are coming up against some of the worst defences. And I suppose we could look back at the Bournemouth game and say, well, Bournemouth Bournemouth's underlying data, you know, was one of the worst in the league too, and Chelsea still didn't score. So, there's a kind of lot a lot of arguments that. But I think if you if you've got a, if you've got an option you want to swap Jackson to um, a, a decent option, you don't really want to sell Jackson for an option for another player who who isn't doing that well. You know, even if the fixtures turning into so it's it's a tough one, I suppose. I mean, it's different with Sterling because he's a midfielder, and there's there's so many good midfielder options at the moment, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So. It feels easier to move maybe Sterling on um, than Jack Jackson for me anyway in my team. So
0: yeah, I think yeah. When midfield is so competitive, like when you Sterling's two blanks in a row, that that's 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 pretty much it for him for a lot of managers because yeah, it's not enough, We don't have time to see two midfielders blank when there's so many. He's still number one for penalty area touches and his free kick did hit the bar didn't it but yeah and that that could of course that's just bad luck could have been this is what um this is something that i touched upon a
1: few a few pods ago where sterling was kind of really vibey he's a really vibey pick he's really lively you know similar to what we saw with rafina um. although rafina was probably had a better output but uh the last time he last time he played but i think with Sterling, he he's always going to get into the box. He's always going to look to take people on. It's just the, the the end product in the final third is the biggest issue. And obviously, if he's supplying Jackson, who is also missing his chances, then you know it, it it's hard to see where
0: his points are going to come from looking forward. Totally is. Uh, that's what it's all about with Jackson. It's it's about which forwards would you replace him with? And as we've seen with <laughs> the way FPL is. Uh, People jump on Sterling, he blanks, jump on Sun, he blanks. You know what's gonna happen. Like Jackson will start scoring when everybody sells him. That's just yeah. that's just that's just the FPL law. That's how I mean, it's if, always gone.
1: I mean, if you if you look at the the forward options available, you know, you've got the likes of Gabriel Jesus, who who, who plays Tottenham and City in the next the next few. You've got Aston Villa, Ollie Watkins, of course, he plays Chelsea and Brighton, but he's also not Return over five points this season okay he's had a few five-point returns but you know not hugely convincing then you look to Johan Wisser who's got Everton and Nottingham Forest but then he's been really quiet the last for the last few game weeks and then you look at the liver there's the rotation in the Liverpool attack Um, there's Colton Morris from Luton who does have a double game week but is he that convincing as a pick I mean one of the only players you could potentially look at uh, or a or the the Manchester City and Newcastle forwards who could potentially be rotation risks in the you know during the Champions League. So there's so many there's so many options to to go to, but just they're just not convincing enough, are they?
0: Well, that's it. The, the, the standout option is 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 Alvarez probably, um, and, but the, the pro, and he scored two more in the Champions League on Tuesday night. Mm. He's he's in superb form. Uh, The injury to, well, De Bruyne's injury got him in and then Bernardo Silva's now hurt. So in theory, that could lock in his place even more. And and Pep did call him, quote, almost undroppable, which Mm. is actually pretty scary because that means he's definitely... Now he's going to get dropped. (laughs) Every time he says that, something like that. So the, The good thing is about Alvarez is the deadline on Saturday for game week six is... At 30 pm UK time yeah. there's, there's no lunchtime yeah. kickoff and Man City are 3pm game so th- they're one of a few games kicking off then so in theory we should get a few online team leagues, I think Man City are normally okay for that so mm. for those people who aren't pushed by the pressure of price rises and stuff if, if you could wait till Saturday lunchtime wait for the team news um, if if Pep drops Alvarez because Pep is Pep, then okay, something else. But if if Alvarez is starting in home and Nottingham Forest, then I know personally that that's that's my plan.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think if you're if you're looking for a striker, there's a cup maybe potentially you could move to. Obviously, if you're aiming for the double game week in game week seven, then maybe Carlton Morris. But Morris, if yeah. not, and you want someone actually convincing, then yeah, Julian Alvarez. You know, again you just don't know with rotation do you but you know he he's probably the most in form forward at the moment i think that's fair to say looks like the most explosive bar, maybe harland um Mm. but yeah i think he's a nice price as well isn't he
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah he's like 6.8 so you you're actually saving a bit of cash as well if you make the change from jackson
0: i do feel sometimes though one thing I don't like to do is we've already missed three price rises for Alvarez and numerous returns. And it's, it sounds like some of his assists are slightly overachieving because his, his XA isn't that good. Um, but I guess mm. when you're feeding Haaland, it's a different ballgame. Exactly. Really? exactly. But, um, yeah. So it, it, part of it is, well, you've missed out on the rises, you've missed out on these returns. Like is getting him now that the champions league has kicked in. Like, is, is it too late basically? But, as I say if, if the team news does come out on on Saturday and it says that he starts and we get that before deadline then then for those of us making short-term moves until a wild card it, it's not too bad and the Newcastle strikers um we we've already seen like they do have the fixtures but it's they' just it's Isaac one game Wilson the next vice versa Wilson might get the one this weekend Wilson might get Sheffield United but beyond yeah. that you just don't know. And that, that puts both of them off. Um, I quite like um Edward at Crystal Palace. Mm, he's doing well at the moment, isn't he? Doing really well, but maybe that is the prime example of getting onto somebody too late because he's on. Is it? I don't know. Is it three or four goals already? Um, he's. He's picked up three returns, I think, in his first five. But I think
1: what's what what one of the most significant points is is that he's actually starting with the thing. The issue with the Crystal Palace attackers has always been rotation, hasn't it? So between mm-hmm. him and Matata, um, and I, so but Eduard, I think he's played every. I think he started every single Premier League game as well. So maybe all he needed was consistency to perform. So that's he. He is definitely go. He is definitely one to consider. He's definitely a, a, a like a kind of super differential.
0: Yeah, he is, yeah. and he's that's sort of same price as João Pedro for people who want to sell him. By the way, and but Edward he started all five this time, and at the end of last season, once Hodgson arrived, made his return. He, he was very much the starter there as well. So that is he's very interesting because as a short term punt he does have fulham at home and then it's man united away which in fairness is a uh, i think we need to adjust our mindset on that fixture and then nottingham forest at home game week 8 so that's that is a type of alvarez or edward for me Uh as, as good as mm-hmm. awoniyi has been at nottingham forest i think that's nine consecutive games stretching back to last season where he's he's picked up a return um quite like him but then the fixtures never look that great not that he's I mean he's, he's deceiving the fixtures quite a bit by continuing yeah to deliver. but yeah some of the forwards Watkins Vissa they've all been a little bit off form so as is, is Jackson as much as the urge for those who are just about resisting a wild card um, to ask those people to also resist selling Jackson might be one step too far but as we get closer to the deadline it just might become clear that there's just not really just Alvarez as a standout alternative. And, you know, if if you, if you've seen all these other managers sell, you know, what's going to happen next. So you may as well be there to benefit from the inevitable goal.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. No, I think, I think Alvarez is, is, is one to definitely consider. I'm not convinced about selling Jackson, um, Mm -hmm. other than to go to Morris or Alvarez,
0: um, in a sense, but we should we should probably also cover ban Chilwell as well. I'm just gonna yeah, exactly. That was the link there because sticking with Chelsea, it could be different with Chilwell. Because there is some I think it was pre-match, this Pochettino quote in fairness. It was before the Bournemouth game. But he said, I think we're going to play with Mudrick in the position that we normally have been playing Chilwell. We'll play with a more offensive player and keep the back four. Um do you think that's still the case? Is that is that probably is Chilwell a rotation risk now? I mean,
1: I don't want to say yes. Something has to change at Chelsea at the moment. And what I will say is um, Ben Chilwell was, we looked a lot better with Ben Chilwell on instead of Mik- Mikhailo Mudrick. Mudrick came on and obviously Mudrick, Mudrick was playing. He didn't seem to know what he was doing. You know, he he, he didn't look fit enough. He didn't look sharp. Whereas when Ben, when ben Chilwell, when Ben Chilwell plays... You, 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 I just kind of feel a a lot happier with that, you know, as a Chelsea fan. So, I do think I'll start the next game. My issue with selling Ben Chilwell is he still has the potential to start in the left wing position, hugely out, obviously hugely out of position. So, I, I do have kind of reserves about selling selling Chilwell if if he starts and if he started in that left wing position. And he's, because he's obviously he's got multiple routes to points, hasn't he? You know, he he isn't just an attacker that you're relying on to score goals like Sterling or or um, Jackson. He's he's basically a defender who can get clean sheets and can get attacking returns. So it, it does feel harder to come off Ban Chilwell than it does with the likes of Sterling and Jackson, for me.
0: Yeah, it was it was yeah. incredible frustrating to see the clean sheet arrive on on the game where he didn't start as well.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, trust the uh, trust the time that we keep a clean sheet. All in all fairness though, Chelsea are up there. I think they they they're rank third for expected goals conceded at the moment. Um, so and, and it's two clean sheets as well. I think we're one of five or six teams to keep two clean sheets so far. So the, defensively. Chelsea don't look too bad um, in in comparison to attack. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just whether he'll start. I do think Chilwell starts the next game. We could even see him start left back. Who knows with Poch, mm-hmm. but he is a tougher sell. I think if you were going to sell him, then maybe Kieran Trippier or,
0: mm-hmm. you know, with someone
1: like that, um, I wouldn't necessarily move him... I wouldn't necessarily downgrade him to someone like Botman or Shaw, um, because I just think you can you can do that by selling another player. You know, like a, a four million defender that pretty much everyone's got. You know, someone's going to have. We've got a lot of money in the bank, so we probably it's probably likely that we can just upgrade. You yeah. know, a four million pound defender or another or an Arsenal defender potentially. Um, so I think if there's one um, player you're going to replace chow with, it's probably Trippier.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice if Pochettino was just as insightful with his next pre match press conference. If he, if he said, if he gave an answer before the Villa game, that would, I think that would help out a lot of managers. Yeah. yeah. So, well, first of all, the right answer basically all along was gusto, right? <laughs> yeah. Gusto. gusto. Especially if James really is out until, um, In week st- eight, Is
1: it? When, sorry? I think it was game week eight that he yeah. was supposed to be returning, potentially. So
0: around either before or just after the international break. So you're going to get a few... And even if he's back by game week eight, maybe maybe he gets eased in. I don't, either way, hmm. Gusto is um, he's so cheap and he was actually the right answer all along. So are you saying in conclusion, sell Sterling, keep Jackson and Chilwell or not? I think...
1: I would definitely sell Sterling. So Sterling is a hundred percent a sell for me. Jackson, only if you're convinced there's another option. So Alvarez, I personally don't hate the move. It's something that I would consider. Um, In terms of Chilwell, I'm less inclined to want to sell Chilwell at all. I think there's, I think there's easier, easier ways to get other, good defensive options, you know, from like Newcastle. The thing is about Newcastle, they offered great cheap prices, don't they, at the back, you know, like just Shaw and Botman. And and I, to be honest, I haven't seen too much from Trippier to suggest that he could explode soon, although the fixtures are easing. So again, yeah, definitely sell Sterling, probably sell Jackson, but maybe keep an eye on Chilwell for one more game week or two.
0: Perfect. One of each. One of each scenario there. So, yeah, actually, I, mean, I may as well cover Newcastle now. Um, Yeah, I had to eat my words a bit on their defence last week because before the Brentford game, I, I was sort of saying no to the defence, especially for the Brentford game where I was pretty sure they would score. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, fair enough afterwards that Sheffield United and, and Burnley fixtures. I think even I a cynical one about my own team sometimes um was was going to get one in just purely for the fixtures if 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 not many teams are keeping clean sheets at the moment you may as well go with fixtures but um you know there was a clean sheet on saturday and in milan uh on tuesday night somehow that was a clean sheet I don't, that was that was definitely not due to trippier in fairness trippier was monstrous out there. He was he was brilliant. His experience was hugely important. And Nick Pope um, finally turned up again, made some big saves. Botman was brilliant. Uh, definitely some heavy legs by the end of that match, though. So, mm. there will be a question about Newcastle defensive rotation. And last season, 31 of the 38 matches, Eddie Howe stuck with the same back four. He does like the consistency of a, of a strong defence as a, as a defender himself. But what we don't know is really... Well, we've sort of seen it a bit further upfield with, with rotation. What we don't yet know is what's he going to be like um, with that back line. It, you spend a lot of money on Livramento and Lewis Hall. You, you're expecting a game like Sheffield United after such a, an exhausting match in Milan. If you're not going to play these names then, mm. then... Then when are you really? So even even Trippier, that'd be another press conference to look out for because Trippier, could this be the could this be the day where he does get rested? You know he's tired. Liverpool's good. Don't want to underestimate Sheffield United too much, but it, it, it would be a useful time perhaps to yeah. to shuffle the back line a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is this is what made me make my decision um, last week. So last week I ended up selling Saliba to Botman and put Botman on my bench. You know, I didn't think I, I thought Brentford would score, but it didn't end up being the case, and I got Botman's nine points. It was great, but the move itself was based on who I thought would who had, who had who had a lesser chance of being rotated. I thought. I did think of Trippier. Obviously, Trippier's age, Shaw's age, injuries, and, and obviously the, the the cover that you've brought in as well. But for me, I think Botman is probably. And I'm not too sure if you agree because you're a Newcastle fan, but but for me, I felt Botman was the safest pick, even though he had a knock. Um, I just just felt that he was the safest long term pick in terms of, in terms of minutes.
0: Yeah, well, I, I I'll be going Botman. Although, who for? That's that's going to be a. Decision will probably come to in a bit, but um, yeah, because although Botman could be occasionally rested for Dan Byrne, you would think that Byrne's closer in line to getting a, a rest as well. Matt Target, um, had a few injuries last season, but he's he seems to be fully fit again. And at some point, Lewis Hall's going to be played, so there, there's two other left backs there. He is. Also a centre back, so that, that could be Botman's position. But mm. you you would think that um, because Botman missed a couple of matches ago, he, he missed out. He missed the Brighton defeat. Basically, he's he's kind of had his he's had his go out of the lineup. So it's yeah. probably more likely to be Trippier or Burn or even possibly Share. Uh, There's Jamal LaSalle as well. So um, yeah, off the four, probably slightly say Botman should be the safer pick right now. It's probably
1: worth mentioning Pope as well, isn't it? Like the issue with Pope is pricing, you know, he's 5.5 million. Botman is a million cheaper. So, I mean, Pope is probably a safe pick,
0: but he's just cost too much, doesn't he? Uh, He's completely in the middle. He's, He's not the attacking potential that Trippier gives the extra money. And he's also not as cheap as the other defender. He's right in the middle. And it sort of satisfies nothing, really. No attacking potential, no money saved. Mm. It's a tough one. So, yeah, the Newcastle defence, getting somebody in, if you don't already have one. Um, and the double-ups seem to be quite popular online as well. I would definitely get one in for the fixtures. Which one? Probably Bottman. Yeah. I don't know if I'd quite go all out to say Trippier will get rested, but I feel like if it's going to happen... For various reasons, if it's going to happen, it's it it's it should be this week, you would think. But let's find out. Let's see what Eddie house says pre match if he gives any clues on that. Elsewhere, I guess at the weekend was there was quite a few dramatic comebacks, so, some more than others. Liverpool and Man City did go behind, but sort of didn't didn't mm. do the comeback in stoppage time, like Villa and Spurs did, both in the dying minutes, and of course. After everything that's happened, of course, Richarlison was going to be the one who turned it around. When everyone had yeah, yeah, He'd lost the spot to Son. Everyone jumped on Son because Richarlison had flopped. Of course, of course, Richarlison would then come on and was it a goal and an assist?
1: Yeah, it was a big, uh, big, big return for Richarlison, wasn't it? But I mean, he, he's still an issue moving forward in, the, in terms of minutes. You know, he's likely to not going to keep starting.
0: Yeah, so he, he's, he's off the table as an FPL asset anymore. Although, yeah, well done yeah. to those who, um, by skill or by luck, got his points in the end. So that, that is, a, of course, I'm Villa turned it around. Watkins is, yeah, Watkins really is underachieving. He's similar to Jackson in that respect. But yeah. Diaby is, uh, he got an assist there. So he's he's ticking along quite nicely. I feel like when the wild cards kick in, whether it's now or in a few weeks, Diaby is going to be pretty popular.
1: Oh a hundred percent. Yeah. I just think he can't he, because a lot of people are gonna want Salah in the in the um in the wild cards. And I think you have to probably you, a lot of people are gonna potentially have to look at two kind of lower price midfielders and DR you know, DRB and 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 Matoni, you know, that kind of price range. So I do think that DRB will, will probably become more popular um within the template than Ollie Watkins as as we kind of progress
0: through their fixtures. Yep. And then James Ward Prowse keeps delivering. He, he, he's one of those who's yet to blank um, since his West Ham move. It's a nasty knee injury to Rico Henry. I think he's got a, a fairly decent ownership amongst the community. Um, yeah. And that's it for the season, it sounds like. Um, which, again, probably only increases the popularity of, of someone like Botman because they're the same price. Oh, yeah. Um. Easy move over, isn't he? It's a, yeah, that that one's a pretty easy switch to make. But uh that's a shame to see because he's a he's a good player and uh, he was especially at, when Brentford used a wing back system, he was he was really getting forward and contributing. So that's a real shame. And we spent yeah. last week discussing the lack of clean sheets and, and there were five at the weekend this time. I think Saturday was pretty slow for them, but then uh but then on Sunday with sort of Bournemouth and Chelsea and Arsenal that sort of happened so lewis i forgot last week to ask for your plans for game week five <laughs> uh, typically apologies for that um it just sort of got on with the pod and just sort of afterwards you pointed it out and it was just true so i'm not going to make that mistake this week do you have two free transfers
1: i do yeah two free transfers um Currently, so, I mean, it's difficult because at the moment my team looks pretty good. I say pretty good as I look at Pickford. (laughs) So Pickford's got, um, he's got Bramford away. I've got Botman starting, Sheffield United away, luckily brought him in last week. So he's already there when a lot of people are going to be, you know, aiming to get him in this week. So I kind of feel like one step ahead. I've got Chilwell starting, Astor Pianan starting at Bournemouth. Midfield of Saka, Rashford, Bruno, Madison and Bumo, which seems fine. You know, I, I don't feel like I have to make any changes there. Haaland up front with Jackson, Hudoggi on the bench who plays Arsenal and then the likes of Archer and Kabore. I think in terms of what I want to do is I want to take money out of my team um, because I don't want to lock myself into a wild wildcard. And, and what I mean by that is A lot of people are going to have to wildcard just to get a salary in because salary is going to take a lot of team surgery. You know, if if you look at your team, you might have some money in the bank. Some people have like one, two million, maybe even three million. I've got 2.3 at the moment and I still can't get a salary in. So I think, what I'm going to be doing is again, while a lot of people are focusing on the Newcastle defensive asset, which I've already done, I can kind of look ahead and think, okay, how can I take money out of my team um, at this point to fund Salah? Because it's, it's it's highly likely that potentially Saka or Bruno Fernandes come come out for Salah because I like Rashford. He's he's playing in his left wing position now. He's got two out of three returns in two out of three of the games that he has changed position so for me he he's also got more shots in the box than any other player in the in the game I think or any other midfielder sorry so he he's convincing me at the moment that I should uh, that I should stay with him so for me to take money out of my team the only players I can look to kind of do that with is the likes of maybe uh, Esther Penan, but then he wouldn't probably get me that much money in the first place. And he's got Bournemouth this week. Chilwell, again, we've already covered him. I'm not massively keen on selling Chilwell at, the, at this point. You know, he could start and he's starting in the left wing position and all that stuff that we've already covered. So he, he could be tough. So the next kind of, next kind of position I'm looking at is the front line. And obviously I've got a front line of Harlan, Jackson and Archer. So, Originally I had planned to and I love double game weeks, Mark. Like I will I will buy like the worst player ever if he has two matches. Just Emmanuel Dennis, he... this is for you. Yeah, no, I did have him. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had I think I had him and um the other one. Totally forgot his name now. It, but yeah. No, was it King? I don't know. Yeah, Josh King. Josh King and Dennis. I think I had them both for that double game week, which was a massive mistake. But you know, that will never stop me attacking the double game week. So I think. My original, my, well, my first early thoughts were to downgrade Jackson um, to Colin Morris, which is obviously gives me 1.5 million extra, which then gives me 2.8 million in the bank, and then with that many, I could probably move, you know, as as already as already mentioned, Saka or or or, or Bruno, or I might even need to do even more surgery. Um, so yeah, I think taking out Jackson is, is definitely a consideration. It's hard not to be tempted to move him on to Alvarez, but I kind of wouldn't save a lot of money doing that. I wouldn't take be taking much money out of my team by taking um, Jackson out for, for Alvarez. So yeah, the plan, plan, my plans are pretty much up in the air at the moment. I think taking money out of my team is a priority. I don't want to lock myself into a wild card and game me eight, nine or 10. You know, I would let it, I would love to be set up for that, you know, those game weeks anyway, without having to use the wild card. Well, you know, while everyone else is having to use the wild card and having to use transfers on stuff that I've already done. So, yeah, I mean, my captain is Haaland as well this week. So, but yeah, in terms of plans, Mark, it could be, it could, we could see Alvarez or Colton Morris in my team this week. And I probably intend to roll the second transfer to give me two transfers next week.
0: That sounds that sounds absolutely fine, doesn't it? It's um, I, I was we've got similar teams. Um, of course, I think yeah. you overtook me with the with the one change that was Botman last week. Um, and yeah, also got two. I think one. Well, one of them is almost certainly going to get Botman. It's just whether it's for Chilwell at home to Aston Villa or. Ruben Diaz at home at Nottingham Forest. Now, on the surface, bringing him in for Diaz looks a bit silly, but I'm just very frustrated with owning him. He's mm. He's been a, a mistake, essentially. Uh, they keep conceding that one goal. They conceded one at Sheffield United. did the same to Fulham West Ham. They conceded one every time. They even did it against at home to, well, we're going to call them Red Star Belgrade on here. I'm not going mm. to go Karina Svetsa whatever. Um, yeah. But that was another one, another occasion where they're just throwing clean sheets away. And at first, yes, Nottingham Forest at home were we're drilled to see that as a good fixture. But actually, I don't know. Like I could totally see a one a year delivering yet again against him, against against Man City. And that's that's another example of maybe waiting for any Man City team leaks because if it turns out it is Diaz's turn to be rested, then then the decision's Hmm. made. Butman for him, easy. Even if Ruben Diaz is set to start, it might be him making way anyway, just because he's he's frustrating. Bottman needs to come in. And as you say, he's a way of saving money. There's a million in the bank. And if Jackson could maybe go down to, let's say it is Morris or Eduard, there's another one and a yeah. half million saved. There's two and a half right there. And just like you're saying, if it's possible to get a Salah team in, like within three or four transfers. Yeah. Um, then it'd be great to keep the wild card in the back pocket a bit longer. So yeah, if 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 those two can both improve this, the perfect transfer is when it saves you money and improves the team. And I tend to think both the both those subs could both improve the team and I think take it up to three, three and a half million in the bank, which is close that maybe downgrade Onana the week after and that, that should be enough to move one of the Man United mids to to Salah in theory but there's plenty hmm. of time for things to go wrong and uh I think every, every, every time you settle on an FPL plan it's dangerous because something will happen.
1: I think ideally it would be nice to be able to act to get to Salah for game week nine for that Everton game because Liverpool have a, a really nice run of fixtures and they go on to play Nottingham Forest and Luton. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: I, I just think if you can, if you can get to Salah within two or three moves without the use of a wild card and you're still happy with your team, then then I would prioritise that hundred percent. And for those listening as well, like I kind of, I just kind of had a quick look at my team and if I, if I transferred out um, Saka and, um, Jackson to Morris and Salah, I would be point one short. So therefore I kind of have to make free moves, um, you know, free transfers in the next kind of three weeks, which is fine. You know, it, it's fine that I've got I've got a little bit of squad depth as well. And yeah, I'm I'm happy with my overall squad. I suppose it's a lot harder to get Salah in if you're not happy with your squad already, you know, if if you're not mm. happy with your squad. Um, but I'm, I'm fairly happy. One or two bits um, can wait. You know that the likes of um, Astor You know I'm not in a kind of major rush to get rid of him um, with Bournemouth and Villa in the next two. Potentially Liverpool and Man City in eight and nine. He he will probably go to kind of make some free up some more cash. But but yeah, yeah. It, I suppose it's team dependent, isn't it? For me, Salah getting Salah in without using a, a wild card. Uh, is, is my priority over the next few weeks um, rather than anything else specifically in terms of targeting fixtures
0: or players. Yeah, it's a, I'm a bit good good about the Salah thing because it, for the first couple of games, like over the summer and over the first couple of game weeks, it, it did really look like the right answer was to avoid Salah and, and spread that money on a, on a good midfield. It was kind of working, but now we're sitting here after game week five and it feels like, well... No, maybe the answer was Salah all along, maybe. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, that the mid, the cheap midfielders got off to a great start, didn't they? You know, yeah. they're of Bumo, Matoma. I don't know, I kind of feel like they're slowing down a little bit. All, I suppose all the midfielders are slowing down a little bit, aren't they? So I think that's kind of made us all look at Salah more. You know, if they were all performing, we probably wouldn't be looking at Salah, but because they're all not... And
0: the Liverpool fixtures change soon. I think mm. that's where a lot of us are looking now. Totally. And the frustrating thing about Brighton is no matter how much the Zerby rotates, they look brilliant. So best opinion might might get the Bournemouth game at the weekend, but uh, the Zerby was able to rest him at Old Trafford and they won three one while his replacement, Lamptey, assisted twice. So it's ridiculous,
1: isn't it? Imagine imagine resting your best fullback against Man United and still winning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. It's, it's
0: totally insane. It's not good for the medium or long term of my opinion because it it just says to deserve me. we'll out and do that again and I will do that again and you know what we'll be fine because we've got <laughs> yeah. two brilliant players. I mean, I,
1: mean, I do think Aston Villa is a sell eventually. I think there was a lot of um there was a lot of hype wasn't there at the start of the season where he, he got I think he got a goal and two assists. And everyone was like, "Who's a season keeper?" You know, everyone everyone saw this massive return. Right? Oh, I need to get him in. You know, he's a season keeper. I'm keeping him forever. Um, but really, you know, he was never gonna he was never gonna maintain that, was he? You know, it 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 takes it's it's it takes something very rare for an asset. You know, similar to Trent seasons to to kind of maintain that sort of level. And also, mm-hmm. Desirée was always going to rotate. You know, his best players as well. You have to consider. Asdpinon as one of his one of his best players and and you know best routes to attack I suppose, but the thing is with with um, Asdpinon is he has got some tough fixtures coming up. He's got Villa, Liverpool, and Manchester City in game weeks seven, eight, and nine. So yeah, I think I think for me he he is probably a sell for that period. I would potentially consider bringing him back in around game week ten, but I I, I don't think I'm going to hold him. For the next three weeks after this week, I can't see that happening.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help when Deserbi when his embargoed quotes came out. He he named about four players who could who could in theory uh, replace Pinion. I think this time the reason was because he was sort of traveling a lot from from Ecuador Ecuador duties. But mm. he basically just reeled off. Well, lamty can play there. Uh, Igor, who they just bought over the summer, he he can play there. Milner can play there. <laughs> Gross. So, yeah, yeah, so it's he's sort of he sort of told us what the future is going to be there. So it might be his opinion might be okay for this for this weekend. But yeah, even when Brighton's fixtures do get better from game week ten, they've got another nice little run. But but you know that he's predicted the future. There, his the opinion will get some of those good games so with we'll empty, So that's that's a problem for for down the line probably. And um, we did ask the. F- the fantasy football community on Twitter to send us some questions ahead of the game week. And a couple of them have uh, JK 16 16 did ask about Alvarez. uh, If That was a good pick, but we, we, we have covered that. He's, he's played all 90 minutes in midweek and he's played all premier league minutes, except one stoppage time substitution. So uh, you could read that both ways, really. Um, One that he is genuinely undroppable in Pep's words or it's time Uh, it's time for a who who honestly knows
1: yeah exactly I do think I do think Alvarez is a great a great option in the the problem at the moment is a lot of the best options in are teams that are playing in Europe aren't they Mm -hmm. and they're all teams that rotate so you're gonna have to take a gamble you have to you know you can't settle with some of the players performing the way they are you know you know with the likes of Jackson we just we just can't stay with players like that who who are constantly missing these chances when mm. Alvarez probably would have scored a hat-trick with the same chances that he's had I, I, I just think that he he is probably the standout striker at the moment and and all the all the alternatives without European football who aren't rotation risks risks are
0: Just, just not that great of an option. Liz J asks, "Is it time to take Saka out? Um, He's he has got a couple of assists over the last couple of games. It's it's sort of a trickle of points. It's it's never quite, never quite the haul. Um, Would you, Liz J, doesn't say if it's to buy Salah, for example, but um, in general, what's your opinion on on Saka as an option right now? Uh,
1: He's not, he's not a fire." You know, he's not someone that I urgently need to get out of my squad. Um, if I was, I would consider selling, consider selling him though, if it was to fund Salah. Um, I'm not too sure if I'd sell him for any other reason. The Arsenal attack looks really good. You know, they they scored the second most goals last season, second most in the box last season, and they look efficient this this year as well. Their fixtures are rough. You know, they've got Tottenham at home. Bournemouth away is okay. They've got City at home, Chelsea away. You know, they're facing some teams with some of the best expected goals conceded. So I'm not too sure how much potential there is there for Arsenal attackers, even with the efficiency that they're kind of maintaining at the moment. So for me, I would consider selling Saka. Um, He's not a player I'm looking at at the moment. If I didn't have, I would be worried about, even with the ownership. But yeah, I, I think pers- personally, I will be looking to sell either him or Bruno Fernandez, and I'm just going to be monitoring them both over the next week or so, and then whoever stands out as the worst option will will probably get sold for Salah. But yeah, if you if you if you need Salah in, then sell Saka. But you know, I'm, I'm not too sure there are many of a better options than Saka that that mm-hmm. massively stand out. I think that's the issue.
0: Well, sticking with North London and that derby that's coming up Um, who is ASAP asks well he has Madison he has James Madison who's about to have an away game with Arsenal but he's struggling yeah. to bench one out of him Matomo against Bournemouth and Embuemo against Everton Um those two certainly have the stronger looking fixture but benching a James Madison could backfire couldn't it which one would you bench out of those three
1: that is a really tough one. I definitely wouldn't be benching Brian and Bumo against Everton. No way. Um, I just feel that, you know, he's, he's on penalties. It's a, it's a great fixture for them to kind of bounce back and get a win. And he, he, yeah, he's just maintaining some good stats as well. Now it would potentially be between, um, Matoma or Madison. And I would be, although kind of reluctant, I would, be tempted to bench Matoma because I'm not too sure how many minutes he's going to play. Like he might not even start, you know. So we, you've got to take into account Europe and stuff as well. Whereas you kind of expect Madison to play the whole, you know, at least ninety
0: minutes, right? Yeah, we we, we as we just discussed with Bright, and uh, I think the Derby will have the confidence to to rotate anybody yeah. now, especially I think Adingra came on and. Uh, did something at Old Trafford. So, um, and I think Fatty came on and had a couple of big chances. So Matoma, yeah, we, it could be his turn. Yeah, I, I, I would,
1: I would probably bench Matoma based on you know r- rotation risk and and it, although it looks like a nice fixture on paper, I, I, ju- I just, I don't feel e- I feel uneasy about the, uh, about benching Madison.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that, that that is that is about time to wrap things up. And it's been a pleasure to have you on this pod, Lewis. As always, yeah. thanks for your expertise. I know you have been incredibly swamped with fantasy Champions League um, stuff this week, you know, articles, podcasts, everything. So please make sure to check out uh, our FF community website for those sort of things and coverage of various other leagues around Europe, the MLS too. Give us a follow on Twitter at ffcommunity underscore. And we hope to see you back here next time, next week. Thanks very much for listening. And yeah, thanks for joining us, Lewis.
1: Yep. see you later, Mark. Good luck this week and good luck listeners.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.